welcome to Small Steps Living, the The podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the show. show. Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. It is Sunday afternoon and I just have to warn you about two things. There's lots of pitter-patter of feet above my head. Uh, I'm downstairs and lots of children upstairs who we're trying to keep away while I just take this time out to record a podcast for you and there is a whippersnipper on in the background. Now, I'm not too sure if there's any suburban house in Australia <laughs> who doesn't have a whippersnipper sound happening on a Sunday afternoon. It's kind of like the sound of the suburbs. <laughs> so apologize for that if you can hear it. Um, but I really wanted to come and record this podcast because it's something that's been on my mind for a little while. And I just wanted to share with you some thoughts that I'm having on the this wellness industry that I seem to be a part of, uh, weirdly, a little bit to my surprise. But here's the thing, right? I'm going to talk to you about a few different instances of where I've really felt a very big distance between here and there. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the diet industry and then perhaps how the two are not as not totally dissimilar, even although we all hate the word diet. Uh, So, okay, and then I'm going to talk about a few other things. And what, what I believe we really need to do if we're going to move forward on the path to, well, you know, I can really only talk about improving the food that we eat and some obviously small steps that we can take to make this a better transition. Because I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, then you probably follow me on Facebook. You might've checked out the blog. um, You might've done my small steps programs. And what you will find in, in all of them is this, well, it's a it's a way that we change behavior without being all or nothing. So it's never a promise of here in this next six weeks, uh, you are going to change your life totally, 180, everything's going to change. We're going to solve all your problems plus world peace. Uh, I never do that because I don't think that that's the best way to change behavior anyway. Uh, I actually have a background working in behavior change and really trying to understand um, behavior change and getting people to to take steps in the direction that that they want to take. But of course, you know, we're humans and we have so much resistance to change. It just comes up. We like to stay safe. We like to follow the patterns that we have already established. And so how do you get people to take those small steps? And my philosophy 100% um, aligns with the Kaizen approach to behaviour change, and that is really to just take small manageable steps, right? It's just put one foot in front of the other, start exactly where you're at. Where you're at is perfect and you can take action straight from there. But 
there's been a few instances where I've really felt and I've and I've talked about them and I was a little bit criticized um, for it when I remember there was two conferences, two health conferences I went to. It was probably 2015, was it? Or 2016, I can't remember. Those years just flew. Uh, but it was, um, I know one of them was Pete Evans and then the other one was the Food Matters team. Both people doing amazing stuff in the world, both who delivered information to me on that day that I really that really fired me up, that really reminded me why why whole foods and why real food. But I left there thinking there was a huge, massive gap between where I was and where I supposedly needed to be. And it's not their fault. Um, they are where they are in their their health journey and they're sharing that with everyone, which is amazingly powerful and inspiring. And there's no doubt if you're listening from overseas, um, perhaps you haven't heard of Pete Evans, who's a um, who's a chef, and he is the host of a very popular uh, TV show. And he went paleo, and it solved a whole load of of his issues. And he just shares his information in an in an eight week program and loads of books and you know, generously on his Facebook page. And there's just so many stories of healing. And and it's been, I think it's been a wonderful thing to open up people's eyes to the power of food to heal. Really, that's for me what the strength of, of Pete's message is, is that you, d- you can look at the food that's on your plate and the drinks that you are drinking, and you can start right there with some seriously chronic conditions. But I I mean, I have a, a different philosophy on food to him and that's cool. So many of us do. And, you know, the Food Matters team, big time into doing juicing and, and all of that sort of stuff and um, are really on the cutting edge of interviewing people um, right there at the forefront of science when it comes to, to nutrition. And a lot of the stuff that they uncover, it's confronting for people because, well, we sort of just want to know that what we're doing is okay and that we don't have to go to such extreme lengths to feel healthy. And that's where I sometimes feel like my path diverges uh, because I don't have a strict policy on food. I think that eating food that is real as often as possible, you know, food that our body just recognises as food, as opposed to a lot of the junk that it just doesn't even know what to do with, is going to serve us um, in good stead. But I feel like, you know, we people, it's cloaked in this, you know, wellness and it's a move. It is a a move away from diets. It's like ditch the whole calories in, calories out. If you're still working that way, there's a lot of research to back up that this is just not a great path to health. And, you know, I mean, think about the the calories in an avocado or something versus the calories in a Mars bar. And they're just, they're totally different things for your body. Yeah, one is going to help your brain and 
uh, satiate you and the other one's just going to spike your sugar levels and make your body a bit confused. And I mean, it's just, it, it's just not, I've never counted calories. I understand that a lot of people have had a good time and lost weight counting calories. Uh, but then the diet industry is one of the most powerful industries on the planet because it's like this recurring revenue model. <laughs> it keeps you coming back for more because it's unsustainable. So what the wellness industry comes in and does is it says, hey, you don't have to, you can ditch all this diet rhetoric. You can just follow this rhetoric. <laughs> and a lot of it just is about going back to basics. And I, you know, in, in the year that I studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and looked at 100 different dietary theories, and my mind was kind of blown with how science can prove that so many different ways to eat. And when I say that, I mean, you know, you've got Atkins, you've got paleo, you've got a vegan, you've got uh, you know, low carb, high fat, loads of different um, theories that prove that theirs is the best way to eat. And uh, I just kept thinking, um, but for who? And what that the, the institute teaches is basically you, everyone is different. And you've got to find your own way. And that really resonated with me. And I thought, I can be cool with not being something in particular. I can just, you know, the thing that all of these um, theories had at their base, none of them were, were saying twisties were cool. Or <laughs> um, they were all basically paths back to real food. And taking into account that humans are different. You know, I am a concoction of... Irish, South African, and English. My kids have all of that plus Croatian and Australian, and we're just this hodgepodge of, you know, what do our genes actually want? If you think about back in the day, what Eskimos were eating and versus what uh, the Aborigines were eating, and that their bodies were designed to, and the conditions that they were living in were perfect for the food that they ate. And they worked out how to be robust and strong, eating extremely different foods. And so I just keep thinking, well, I just need to find the version of that to be strong and, and healthy and well. But it's so damn confusing, right? So the wellness industry, by cloaking itself in this um, ditch the diets, just eat real food, kind of feels like a diet to a lot of people. Kind of feels extreme when you look at the society that we're living in. Now, I, I am not like I think that the aim of eating real whole foods most of the time is an awesome one. It's what it's a path I'm choosing to try and help me navigate towards um, towards feeling as best as I can. And you know, with my kids, I just I look at the food and I think, how real is this? Will their bodies recognize this as food? It has been my mantra all the way through my Small Steps programs. How real is this? Just really getting back to basics and then, and then just using that as my, as my guiding light. But here's the thing. 
We've kind of now moved from calories in, calories out, don't do that, but more into kind of toxins in and toxins out. This is horrible dichotomy when you know what you know about food, when you've been on the path, when you've watched a few of the docos, you know, when you understand what sugar does or artificial colours and preservatives or even, you know, when you look at some of those documentaries about meat or wheat and some of those big ticket items, dairy, and suddenly when you know what you want to do, or you think you know what you should do, but you're not doing it. It's this horrible conundrum. And I wonder if it's as toxic for our mind as the diet industry. Maybe a bit controversial for me to say, not sure. But when I saw Danielle Laporte a few weeks ago, a month ago, can't remember, Not great with dates and times as the weeks just continue to roll, but she said about the, well, the self-help kind of industry in general, is it making you feel free and well? And I thought that's a really, really great question because I wonder how many people who who, you know, we do all the research, we do the programs, we learn the stuff, we follow the peeps, we buy the books. Is this leading to us feeling empowered? I hope so. And I love to stay in that lane as much as I can. But is it also, is it a bit overwhelming? Is it stress-inducing? Is it guilt-inducing? Because Stress is so toxic. So many systems in our body do not appreciate when we are stressed. Uh, Our digestive system is one of them. And it throws everything out when when we've got the stress response going on. And I should do a potty with someone awesome on on stress. Uh, Because what... I can see is that if we have a a toxic mind, we have a toxic body. And if we're worried all the time about the food that we're eating, and it's just, it's so hard when we see what our kids are eating at, uh, you know, when they're out on the traps at birthday parties or whatever it is, and and we don't want to be the the horrible parents, but we kind of know what we know about food, it can It can create a toxic space in our life. And I just wanted to say that when when you feel this starting to happen, I wanted to I wanted to share with you something that I realized when I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I was cleaning out the kids' damn cupboards. Oh man, I needed to do a big, big clean out. It was just stressing me out just (laughs) putting clothes away because it was just being put on top of piles of clothes that I knew I needed to do a bit of a cull. Wow, they've had a growth spurt. Anyway, I was listening to the Rich Roll podcast and he is a vegan and a really elite sort of athlete on the vegan plant-powered diet. 
And I, I love listening to him. He talks to really interesting people. And I mean, this is the thing. I'm, I'm so interested in, in people's paths and I'm open-minded about it, even if it doesn't feel like something I want to do. But he can say things that really trigger me. Um, you know, he's, he said something once about gluten that really got me, but I, it's good because I need to have these, we need to have these shifts in our awareness. We, we need to attach ourselves to people who are going to teach us, us things when we, when we do want to improve our health. And, but we have to be careful about who we're, who we're receiving the information from. And what I realized when I was listening to Rich and his wife, I think it's Julie, Julie or Julia, they were doing a, um, they were doing a Q&A from Paddington Town Hall in Sydney, actually, and he's an American guy, but they'd been out for an event and they, it was just a, a Q&A. And what they were sharing was more about what got them there, his massive resistance to what his wife's lifestyle, he was really overweight. And we can know these stories that people have gone from where we are to where we want to be. and. So we're like, yes, that's exactly what I want. But most of the time, we're comparing ourselves to where they are now, which leaves us with this feeling of, um, well, that we're not good enough or we're not doing it right or we're failures. And when I was listening uh, to their to them just discussing their path, I realized it was a really messy journey. It was full of resistance and trial and error. And they have children and their children, I think they were raised as vegans, but they're allowed to try whatever they want to try. And when they go to they go to birthday parties and eat the cakes and they come home and they feel sick, they just talk about it. The kids are a bit older. Um, but what... What I sort of saw was, you know, we just, we've got to keep reminding ourselves that everyone is trying this in a really, uh, in really difficult and trying circumstances. You know, we're all surrounded by the food marketing. We're all surrounded by people who um, don't give a toss about what they're eating. And that's totally fine and and their path but when you do it's just we've got a lifetime of of um of well I guess sort of bad habits dodgy habits I don't want to say good or bad but yeah we've all eaten the food most of us anyway and so sometimes when people are doing my programs they want a hard line they really want to just decide to eat whole foods and that is it and then they fall off the wagon and then you know we have to remind them and everyone always does that it's small steps and if you take that approach it feels really different and you get much further cuz you never have to fall off the wagon because everything's just a big experiment and we just accept that life goes up and down but i wonder sometimes what you know if people follow me and think i've got it all sorted and use me as an example to say that they're not doing well enough or that their kids don't eat that or something. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say, I don't have that sorted. No way, Jose. And I feel like uh, 
there's some, there's some, I, I mean, I know, I, I hear it from some people where they're like, you don't have to be perfect and whatever, but I'm like, but you are, so why can't I be? <laughs> and I don't believe them because all I see from them is real, is, I mean, is, is perfection or that's sort of what I can see. So I just wanted to, to say that if you're feeling the same feels as, uh, as you did maybe when you were stuck in that diet, need to lose weight, I'm a failure, well, I've ruined that day, I might as well eat the ice cream after dinner, when you are trying to eat cleaner or you know more whole foods and less of the processed and packaged foods, we need to get so, so, so much better at self-love, sounds airy-fairy, loving ourselves anyway. We need to get better at ignoring that nasty voice that's beating up on us. We need to get better at realising that that is life and every meal is a chance to go, hmm, might choose something awesome. And that there's going to be times in your life when you are bang on this food thing. You are there, you are in it, you are loving it, you're feeling the best, you're telling all your friends this is the way to go. And then there's going to be other times when you're just not. And I have those times a lot. I have three children, six and under, and run my own business and all the things. So food isn't high on my priority list all the time, but I guess what I've done is I've just kept at it over the last five years. I've just built up a repertoire of recipes or things that I know uh, that I can trust in the supermarket or whatever. I mean, I don't buy loads in the supermarket. You know, even that, just building up my shopping to be able to buy pantry staples and then be able to then buy fruit and veg and some good meat at the markets and build food from that. I, my food is not complicated, but it just I just try to use that, is this real, will my body recognise this as food barometer as much as I can? And the rest of the time, I'm giving myself a break. And I'm realizing that the people who've had to go down those more extreme paths to wellness have done it for a damn good reason. Their body was begging them to. They needed to do something. They were on pain medication or they had some sort of a, a an illness that required big time dietary change or they were maybe overweight, underweight. They had intolerances. There's so many reasons why people go hard. And there's going to be times in my life, I'm sure I'll do that, but it will be like a tweaking job because I will have come back to basics as much as I can. But I can't compare myself and the um, my consistency, perhaps it's a good word, with the people who have gone down that path and have had to really look at and redesign their whole life. I believe there's a place for balance in all of this. I believe that wellness is of body and mind, hugely mind. And that as we navigate this path, 
towards something that feels better for us because that's what we want really we're not I'm not aiming to be like anybody else out there I'm just aiming to work out how Lisa Cordoff lives and how she and her family navigate this world of craziness with food because it kind of is when you start to open your eyes and realize that most of that food in the supermarket it's all it's kind of dead it's not real and it's created in factories that do not care about my family as much as I do. And that is confronting. That is what drives me um, to continue uh, creating and sharing simple recipes and also telling people this ain't done perfectly around here. And um, there are shortcuts and there are days when I feel hungover and just want the chips. I want all the chips. Uh, <laughs> so when we feel like there's a huge big gap between here and there, my small step approach is to appreciate exactly where I am, appreciate that I've had my little wake-up call, appreciate that life is never meant to be linear, that this is not just going to be something that I jump onto and happens with ease or, you know, in a straight line. It's just not. And that if I'm cool with that and if I allow myself to have this be a process, then I won't develop a toxic mind, guilt-ravaged living and that huge amount of overwhelm that I think so many people can feel when they jump on in. And I hope that what I offer in my membership and programs and by this podcast and Facebook and the blog is just a constant reminder that you're freaking amazing. And so am I in all of our imperfection and in all of our um, our imperfect striving and in our moments where we just need some sleep <laughs> and when we feel defeated and when we feel like life is just getting on top of us, take a freaking load off and just come back and take another step. When you feel like you are ready and like it's something that you can fit into your life. So I don't want the well, this wellness industry that really is trying so hard to bring people's awareness to the power of food to heal, the, the craziness that is what we actually think of is food and and just to empower people to make choices that make them feel awesome. I don't want that to get lost in a, in a feeling of us and them. Or it's just way too big a jump because there is a different way and you can take small steps. And from what I've seen from all my students who continue on their path and that small steps mantra really sinks into their brain, they're the ones kicking it. In a year's time, they're like, I cannot believe what has changed over the course of this year. 
because it almost wasn't intentional. They just let themselves be led by their curiosity. They just experimented when they could. It's a magical process. So this is what I wanted to say for now. (laughs) It's my little, um, I guess, unique part of the conversation. Uh, And if ever you're feeling disempowered, then just remind yourself you're amazing and just let it be small steps. Bye for now. For more inspiration, interviews and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life one small step at a time.